This is Sunrise, the who, what, when, where, why, and WTF of Florida politics. I'm Rick Flagg reporting from Tallahassee on day 37 of the 60-day legislative session. The House and Senate are both holding floor sessions today. The latest COVID casualty count from the state health department, more than 5,500 new cases and 70 additional fatalities. Our death toll has reached 34,434. Almost one in 10 people in Florida have now been infected by coronavirus. One in 63 have died. The governor tees off on 60 Minutes, saying their story accusing him of setting up a pay-to-play system for COVID vaccine was bogus. These are smear merchants. That's why nobody trusts corporate media Uh, They are a disaster in what they're doing. They knew what they were doing was a lie. I knew what they were doing was a lie. Everybody here knows what they were doing is a lie. They know that we know they're lying, and yet they continue to lie. And they lied, and they lied, and they lied. The governor's outrage focused on one part of the story in an effort to make the whole thing look wrong. It was not. The Senate Rules Committee approves the Privacy Protection Act. The Internet of today is a one-way street where the most intimate details of a consumer's life, usually unbeknownst to the consumer, are monetized and sold to the highest bidder. The financial success of these companies who market our private lives are built on the consumer's lack of knowledge and lack of consent to this process. Senator Jennifer Bradley's bill would allow you to opt out of the data collection process. Business lobbyists do not like it one bit. A House committee approves a bill to prohibit transgender students in high school or college from playing on the women's team. This is to protect the integrity of women's sports and to make sure that every woman and every girl can compete on a level playing field. I'm honestly ashamed of the representatives who are using their platform to bully an already extremely marginalized population. God made us male and female. This is an agenda to try to change the whole culture of this country. Our children don't need this now. These kids have survived school shootings, underfunding, overcrowding, and now a pandemic. This is the last thing they need to contend with. The transgender ban is now ready for the House floor. The Florida Department of Law Enforcement breaks up a drug ring operating out of the Tallahassee region. The 27 suspects you see on these boards were responsible for funneling large amounts of illegal drugs throughout Florida, but operated predominantly in Leon and Gadsden counties. The 10-month investigation was called Operation No Warning, and more arrests are expected. Congressman Alcee Hastings of Palm Beach County has died at the age of 84 of pancreatic cancer. Congressman Ted Deutsch says it was an honor to serve with him. I just wanted to take a moment to uh, acknowledge the uh, the passing of our colleague Alcee Hastings. Um, Alcee was, as uh, all of us know, was a, a fighter for so many things that he believed in. And Alcee understood the importance of a beautiful Florida and the threat that climate change posed. And, um, and as, we, uh, as we remember him for so many things, let's remember him for his efforts to, to fight climate change and to preserve the beauty that we have here in Florida and, uh, and in our world. The governor will schedule a special election to fill Hastings' seat in the U.S. House of Representatives. So far, no word on when that will happen. We'll also have your calendar of political events and the story of a Florida man who says his arrest for hosting a strip show at his bar was actually payback by the cops for ignoring COVID safety regulations. But first, a word from the sponsor. You're listening to the Sunrise Podcast from Florida Politics, and we are much obliged. This public health crisis has shown our one-size-fits-all education system does not meet the needs of every child. Senate Bill 48 rethinks education and provides needed flexibility for students and families, giving students the tools and resources they need to unleash their potential. 
You can make a difference and improve our education system by visiting fledreform.com to tell your lawmaker to support SB48. Paid for by Americans Prosperity, Florida. And now the top stories on Sunrise for Wednesday, April 7th. This is National Beer Day, World Health Day, and National No Housework Day. On this date in 1818, General Andrew Jackson defeated the Seminole Indians at St. Mark's, a small coastal town south of Tallahassee. In 2003, U.S. troops captured Baghdad. Saddam Hussein's regime fell two days later. And one year ago today, China ended its lockdown of Wuhan, the city at the center of the COVID-19 pandemic. The governor tees off on 60 Minutes, accusing them of lying in a story about Florida's COVID-19 vaccination program. The CBS News program accused Ron DeSantis of playing favorites with the vaccine by giving the lion's share to Publix and setting up vaccination pods in wealthy areas where people donated to his re-election campaign. But DeSantis says it was a lie and he's not going to take it. They cut out everything that showed that their narrative was a piece of horse manure. Um, and it shows you how dishonest, these are smear merchants. That's why nobody trusts corporate media. Uh, they are a disaster in what they're doing. They knew what they were doing was a lie. I knew what they were doing was a lie. Everybody here knows what they were doing is a lie. They know that we know they're lying, and yet they continue to lie. And they lied, and they lied, and they lied. We offered them the information, and they declined to interview the key people uh, because they didn't want to let go of the narrative. Well, guess what? There's going to be consequences for that. Uh, we're not, I know corporate media thinks that they can just run over people. Uh, you ain't running over this governor. I'm punching back and I'm going to continue to do it <laughs> until these smear merchants are held accountable. The fact of the matter is Florida has vaccinated three and a half million senior citizens. We were the first state in the country to put seniors first. The results of our efforts are that seniors are much less likely to be hospitalized for COVID than they were six months ago. So our efforts have worked, and particularly in Palm Beach County, uh, we've done over 275,000 seniors just in that one county. That's 75% of all the seniors there. It's been a, a team effort. We've worked in a lot of different ways. Um, but you can't lie, uh, and you should have not run it. Uh, they were warned, uh, and yet they plowed ahead anyways. And so we're going to be doing even more to expose uh, more lies, because there's lies built upon lies on all this. You know, for example, they're attacking Publix. You know it's New York corporate media. When you come to Florida and attack Publix, I mean, like, people like, I mean, like, maybe they're, they like their dogs better than Publix, but not much. I mean, it's one of the most popular brands in the state. It would have been malpractice to cut Publix out of assisting. But what they're saying is, is a total crock that somehow only Publix was getting it. It was nonsense. And we told them it was that, and they cut it out. They spliced it because they can't handle the truth. And they know if they would have put out everything, uh, they wouldn't have had a story. And so they went for the smear. Uh, they've been caught red-handed. Now, see, all these corporate media people, they all scratch each other's back. So, you know, a lot of them just are pretending it didn't happen. They're not going to really police their own. Uh, but we're going to have a lot of people that are going to police their own. But the message is for people out there, unless you're a partisan leftist, uh, do not trust corporate media. You can't trust them. 
They're not trustworthy. They will lie. They will smear. Um, and then they just move on to the next target and think that they're going to be able to get away with it. You ain't getting away with it here, okay? You come down to our state and you try to smear people, um, you know, we're going to bite back and we're going to hold you accountable. So this is not over by any stretch of the imagination. DeSantis focused on the public's pay-to-play allegations while raking CBS over the coals, but the governor ignored claims that he set up vaccination pods in wealthy areas loaded with political donors. It is a classic spin maneuver. Find one fault in the story and then claim the whole thing was bogus. Despite complaints from business lobbyists who claim it will cost too much money, the Rules Committee in the Florida Senate approves the Florida Privacy Protection Act. Senator Jennifer Bradley of Clay County says multinational corporations make a lot of money selling your personal data, and her bill would allow you to opt out. This is a bill about the rights of Floridians to have control over and be informed about their online information. The landscape of the Internet has changed considerably in a relatively short period of time. And the Internet of today is a one-way street where the most intimate details of a consumer's life, usually unbeknownst to the consumer, are monetized and sold to the highest bidder. The financial success of these companies who market our private lives are built on the consumer's lack of knowledge and lack of consent to this process. This bill shifts the balance of power back to consumers, puts Floridians in the driver's seat to make knowing and consensual decisions about how and when their information is being used. Bradley's original bill would have allowed you to sue those companies if they use your data without permission. Big business objected, so she agreed to remove that provision, but it still wasn't enough. Brewster Beavis with Associated Industries says it will still be too expensive for companies to comply. This bill is still going to cost Florida businesses a gigantic amount of money to comply with. TaxWatch stated that it would cost $36.5 billion with a B. Even with the narrow threshold, which is a good thing, you're looking at potentially even half of that, over $10 billion on Florida consumers or uh, Florida businesses, which will unfortunately be passed on to consumers. You know, I think this bill from day one, really, it's I feel like a cat chasing a laser pointer around on the floor. It's, it's, you know, every day a new amendment, you know, every day I'm talking to a new member about something that's bad with the bill. You know, I think we all need to just hit the pause button for a moment so all of us can kind of get back around, coalesce around this piece of legislation, which is huge, huge for the Florida business community to comply with. But Senator Gary Farmer of Broward County says the cost of compliance would still be just a fraction of what businesses make by selling your data. And right now, they don't have to pay you a penny. Why is it such a bad thing that businesses would have to disclose this? Why is it such a bad thing that we, as consumers, get the option to opt out of sharing everything that's in our phone? And this cost of compliance thing has been so blown out of proportion... It's, it's just spun out a whole cloth. And you know what? They can use the money that they've been making from selling this data for all these years to pay for the compliance. Because consumers should have rights too. And this is an area where technology has just gone so fast and so quickly. And we as, as, as a government haven't been able to keep up. You know, consumers have rights too, and I just think the time has come to level the playing field when it comes to our rights of privacy. The Florida Privacy Protection Act passed the Rules Committee on a vote of 11 to 5. It's now ready for the Senate floor. A bill banning transgender students from playing on the girls' teams in high school and college has been approved by the House Education and Employment Committee. The sponsor is Representative Kaylee Tuck, a rookie Republican from Lake Placid. The opportunities and rewards women have gained through sports... Ones that taught them leadership, 
hard work, being a part of a team, those could all vanish. The very purpose of Title IX was to increase the athletic opportunities afforded to women and girls so they could participate in and reap the benefits of playing a sport. We have seen the significant increase for women and girls in sports through Title IX. Now, nearly 50 years after Title IX, all the gains women have gained athletically could be wiped away. The Fairness in Women's Sports Act is intended to make sure that doesn't happen. This is not a discrimination bill. This is to protect the integrity of women's sports and to make sure that every woman and every girl can compete on a level playing field. Anthony Verdugo with the Christian Family Coalition of Florida says it's simply not fair for transgender persons to play on the women's team, and he claims they're trying to protect the girls from unfair competition. Right now, Title IX is under assault, and so is women's sports, and we see it all across this country, and they're the ones that are most vulnerable. What I hear about in all of these debates that we have is that under the guise of discrimination, young women are being denied their chance at winning titles, at winning races, really working so hard at their craft for so many years, and then having a young man posing as a girl and saying, no, I want to compete. We're going to talk about discrimination and tolerance. Tolerance is a two-way street, and we don't have absolute rights in this country. What we have is a balance of rights, and that needs to include young girls and young women that are competing. That's just being fair. That's not discrimination. That is being fair and that is being just, and that is being right. But FSU student Chloe Ilkus, who describes herself as a non-binary lesbian, says the bill reeks of discrimination. And she was annoyed that the House rules would not allow her to testify against it until she covered up the pride flag on her shirt. Just so you know, by the way, my shirt is inside out because apparently in parade and protest with a tiny rainbow flag is far too offensive for this committee. But somehow the extremely transphobic rhetoric that we've heard today is not. One of the things about this bill that frustrates me the most is how adamantly supporters of this bill assure us that this isn't about discrimination. When you use explicitly transphobic language and file a bill that specifically targets trans girls, you can't say this bill isn't discriminatory. As a non-binary lesbian, you could say I've had my fair share of experiences with discrimination. I can confidently say that this is that. I'm honestly ashamed of the representatives who are using their platform to bully an already extremely marginalized population. Gerald Bustin is a Christian missionary who spent much of his life trying to convert the heathens. He believes any efforts to protect transgender students are anti-God. I went among the people of New Guinea when it was Stone Age, spent 25 years living among those people, learned their language, learned their culture, and I can tell you there was not one transgender are messed up gender person among those primitive people. Why? Because God made us male and female. They recognized that, accepted it, and it wasn't until more recent years that we've been having this discussion because this is a, under an agenda to try to change the whole culture of this country. We are created and God made us male and female. But Representative Kristen Arrington of Kissimmee says all the talk about protecting women from transgender people is nothing more than cover for the real issues, discrimination and misogyny. The fears that boys or men will pretend to be females to compete on a woman's team are unwarranted. No instances of such fraud have been found. Would any teenage boy go through a transition and block puberty just to give himself a leg up in sports or receive a scholarship? I, I definitely think that would be a no. I fear for our girls that are going to be humiliated when they are forced to go to a doctor and prove their identity. Transgender exclusion pits women athletes against one another 
It reinforces the harmful notion that there is only one right way to be a woman, and it distracts us from the real threats to women's sports. Our children don't need this now. These kids have survived school shootings, underfunding, overcrowding, and now a pandemic. This is the last thing they need to contend with. Let them play sports, let them learn from each other, and be better human beings. That final plea fell on deaf ears as the committee approved the bill to ban transgender athletes by a vote of 15 to 6. House Bill 1475 has now cleared two committees and is ready for the House floor. Officials at the Florida Department of Law Enforcement say they've busted a huge drug ring operating out of the Tallahassee area and issued warrants for 27 people. Mark Perez, the agent in charge of FDLE's Tallahassee region, says Operation No Warning has been underway for almost a year. Over the last 10 months, FDLE agents and analysts from the Tallahassee Regional Office have been working with our local partners to take down what we believe is one of the largest networks of drug traffickers in North Florida in recent history. The 27 suspects you see on these boards were responsible for funneling large amounts of illegal drugs throughout Florida, but operated predominantly in Leon and Gadsden counties. They also attempted to conceal their activity, their illegal activities, through local businesses such as recording studios, entertainment companies, trucking and transport companies, and an auto body shop. And it wasn't just Florida. The organizations also collaborated with other drug trafficking organizations in Georgia, Texas, and California. During the investigation, we seized nearly 30 pounds of cocaine, a pound of brown heroin, a half a pound of methamphetamine, three ounces of black tar heroin, two ounces of fentanyl, more than $330,000 of seized currency, nine firearms, and three stolen luxury vehicles. While the numbers are impressive, this investigation just wasn't about illegal drugs. Most of these suspects are gang members with violent criminal histories. It was also determined that some of these organizations and their members were contributing to the violent crimes that have occurred in our communities. In fact, one of our main, main targets was murdered during the course of this investigation. His son was arrested on a separate murder charge, an attempted murder charge, in Gaston County. And another suspect died after overdosing on the drugs he was selling to others. Perez says there will be more arrests before this is done. The Sunrise Calendar and your daily dose of Florida Man is next, right after this. In Florida, if you fall behind on court debt payments, the state takes away your driver's license. But if you can't drive, you can't work. So how can you make enough money to pay the debt? This policy makes no sense. Let's end debt-based license suspensions and help Florida get back to work. Welcome back to your Sunrise Calendar. The Florida Supreme Court meets at 9 to hear arguments in four cases, including a dispute about a $5 million punitive damage award to the estate of a Florida woman who died of lung cancer. R.J. Reynolds Tobacco Company is appealing. The State Reemployment Assistance Appeals Commission meets at 9.30. The Senate holds a floor session beginning at 10 and could vote on a proposal making major changes to Florida's property insurance system, allowing insurance companies to limit payouts for roof damage and imposing new restrictions on attorney fees in insurance disputes. The Senate budget will also get its first airing on the floor. The House holds a floor session at 2. They'll take up a plan that requires out-of-state retailers to collect sales taxes on items that are sold to Floridians online. The House could also start work on its new budget. And the Visit Florida Marketing Council meets online at 2. 
Finally today, a Florida man who became famous on the Space Coast for banning masks and social distancing at his bar has been busted for operating a strip show without a license. 31-year-old Gary Kirby was arrested after two cops went undercover at his bar to watch a male review, which allegedly included lap dances, nudity, and other violations of the Adult Entertainment Code in West Melbourne. Kirby denies there was anything sexual going on and says they held four of these strip shows before the pandemic without any problem. He believes these charges are payback for ignoring the COVID safety rules. That's it for Sunrise. I'm Rick Flagg in Tallahassee, inviting you to join us again tomorrow as we plumb the depths of Florida politics. 